our listener is back yeah <laughs> yeah thank you for finally coming back and welcome back to another episode of grumpy old men grumpy, the grumpy old men podcast <laughs> i know you've been away for a while but it's good that you've returned to us yeah and as you've seen by the title we're talking about jurassic world 2 yeah jurassic world 2 which is the newest one in the jurassic lineage which is the lineage of this podcast yeah absolutely it wouldn't be a summer without some kind of jurassic something <laughs> yeah so it's a good it's a good way to get back into it so um yeah where do we even start with this one um i mean there's always chris pratt uh-huh blue stand down stand down hey hey what did i just say <laughs> Bell's up. I see you. Back up. Okay. Machismo man in general. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know, this this movie was like, had at least like 25 different themes that they tried to jam together (laughs) into like a two-hour movie. Yeah. Some of which got about three minutes of screen time, um, including the the subcurrent of human cloning. (laughs) That was a that was a wonderful moment to like have the realization that like wait this girl this girl might be a clone and then to have it verified very angrily at her you're a clone that was one of two moments where you turned to me and like said what was going to be revealed in 20 minutes and then it got exactly revealed in 20 minutes I'm not I'm not normally very good at that you know some people are like oh I knew the ending right away like I rarely ever do so like this th- there were a couple things with this movie like. Just did it right on the nose. <laughs> the other one you predicted was that uh, this this whole plan to go back to Isla Nublar. Nublar? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or is it Isla? I think it, I think they call it Is, Isla Nublar. Isla Nublar, mm-hmm. fictional island, mm-hmm. not a real thing. Um, that their plan was to militarize <laughs> these dinosaurs, <laughs> which you might have predicted because that was also the plot of Jurassic World One. <laughs> yeah. Like I couldn't believe it when in the in the movie when people are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're gonna do that!" Like, yeah, you can't. Like they, that's what they've been doing <laughs> for years, right? Yeah, Jurassic World one. You might remember the character of Hoskins, mm-hmm. listener, uh, played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, also Private Pile. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Private Pile reference earlier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he uh, he wanted to turn the Raptors into weapons. And basically, they took his character and turned his character into about 60 characters in yeah. Jurassic World 2. Yeah. And they were point. pretty much the main antagonist, except for when they were on the island when the antagonist was lava. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first Jurassic Park to feature lava. Yeah. And it featured it uh, very quickly. It's like there was this <laughs> volcano on the island that was like going to explode at any minute. And all of a sudden, it was like rumbling. And it's like they never really showed it explode. They just showed Christopher Pratt. Christopher. Christopher Pratt. <laughs> I guess he's Christopher Pratt and Christopher Nolan is Chris Nolan. <laughs> they just showed Chris Pratt, <laughs> who was basically knocked out because he had been shot with a dart of some kind. Yeah, like, by this bad guy. Mm-hmm. He was almost getting like consumed by lava. It's like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> it was kind of insane. Yeah. Whole movie was kind of insane. Um, so speaking of an insane movie, would you like to give a a little rundown of what this movie's about Ooh, for our listener? Yeah, yeah. Tell them what's going on. I think there's a good chance our listener has not seen this movie. Yeah, because even though this movie did make over a billion dollars and is, are you serious? Yeah, I think. Uh, wow. Maybe twentieth, either the twentieth or twelfth highest grossing film of all time. <laughs> there's a two in there. <laughs> <laughs> it still seems like the Jurassic Park that. People didn't see as much, weren't as excited about. Yeah, I've heard almost no one talk about this movie. Yeah, they just don't really <laughs> care. 
Uh, yeah, I, I'd love to give a rundown of what this movie's about. I think I can do it in like less than a sentence, actually. <laughs> uh, no, I can't, actually. Um, but it's basically greedy people. Oh, here's, here's what, here's what kind of the big theme is. Um, this volcano that we talked about on Isla Nublar is going to blow up and they're saying like, it's going to be a strong enough explosion that it would kill all the dinosaurs on the island. So there's this initial plot of like, what do we do? What do we do with those dinosaurs? Do they, do they have animal rights of any kind? Like, uh-huh. should we try and save them? Like we've brought them out of d- extinction or were these like de-extinction? <laughs> <laughs> these de-extinct animals. Yeah. You refer to them as de-extinct. <laughs> A word used at least 12 times throughout the movie. Yeah. Possibly by Jeff Goldblum in his one-minute role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there? do these de-extinct animals have any like rights to like be saved and brought to a sanctuary, or should we just let them die? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the impetus of like how the plot gets rolling. Yeah. And so we see Bryce Dallas Howard, who works for... Some like <laughs> dinosaur rights activist group now. <laughs> yeah. Because then they introduce two new characters who are clearly going to be like in peril throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah, and one of them, the fe- <laughs> the fe- there's a male and a female, each of whom are either young millennials or maybe even of the generation after millennials. Yeah, they seemed very like, young. Yeah, um, one of them's like a paleo paleo vet veterinarian. veterinarian. Yeah, and she like gives this aside, like, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> right and then this other like nerdy guy i don't think they even say what he does he's just the computer guy <laughs> he's in it and the paleo veterinarian at some point she's like can't be that hard it's just wires and stuff and he's like it's a little more complicated than that <laughs> this guy's role very quickly becomes to just scream in a high-pitched voice yeah, and run <laughs> yeah <that's- laughs> he doesn't do anything heroic and, like they usually redeem that character Toward the end, like all of a sudden they'll yeah. have some heroic thing. Maybe they did something with this guy, but all I saw was a screaming idiot. <laughs> Actually, I I feel like there's a point in the movie where you just no longer see him, right? <laughs> like I I'm trying to remember what the ending was, but I don't remember him at the ending. I don't know. All of a sudden, he got like roped into like being a deckhand. Like he was a deckhand. Like, then he was a lab guy. <laughs> yeah, he got scolded by BD Wong. <laughs> Henry Wu. You have these like very well funded, highly organized <laughs> operations, and yet they're just like these people don't see that that guy has never been on board or like never been in the lab, and they're like making him do stuff. <laughs> Go get me a blood kit. Stop <laughs> <laughs> just standing there. Yeah. So those two come along for the journey. So Bryce Dallas Howard, Claire works mm-hmm. for this this company, and. Basically, it's not looking good. Like, the, the government is like, we're not going to do anything. <laughs> they tried to make it seem really sad. Like, damn you, Congress. Yeah. Also, why is this, um, why is this the United States Congress's issue? Like, <laughs> off the coast of Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, once, once the United States Congress said nothing's going to happen, it's like, all right, I guess they're going extinct again. Yep. <laughs> With no other country maybe wants to do something, like, no private landowner, you know, like, it's really, it was like really weird. Yeah, but it allows for uh, allows for them to bring in a new character, a couple new characters, one of them in the form of James Cromwell. Yeah. <laughs> James Cromwell, who um, rolls into some estate on a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. For a moment, I really hoped it was Attenborough, but he's actually dead, isn't he? Yeah, he's actually dead in real life. <laughs> but I mean, that doesn't really stop them these days like, no. from bringing an actor into a movie, a la yeah. Carrie Fisher, yeah. Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Claire gets contacted by some uh, privately funded corporation mm-hmm. or whatnot. You know, that shady organization that's in every movie these days. Yeah, exactly. And in uh, Jurassic Park, it used to be InGen. InGen. Like in Jurassic World 1, it was InGen. But they, and okay. they never referenced InGen in this movie. That's right. No InGen. Mm-hmm. So um, there's this guy who... It's like I'm I'm with you. Like we gotta save these dinosaurs. And in typical Jurassic World fashion, they insert a backstory in the course of one sentence. <laughs> when this guy basically just says, like, Do you remember meeting me? And she's like, Of course. <laughs> like, we're just supposed to accept that they have this backstory. Yeah. James Cromwell rolls in, who's apparently like John Hammond's old friend. Yeah. And um I think they do something similar with him. They 
insert a backstory that his daughter died yeah through one sentence when i think that the first man introduced whose name is mills mills <laughs> mills mills says like oh yeah his daughter died in a car crash <laughs> yeah. i actually laughed at that line because like I, it was very clear they're trying to make it sad yeah. <laughs> it's like this, isn't sad when this guy i've never seen before just says someone died in a car crash yeah. like i don't care <laughs> <laughs> a guy you've never seen before talking about someone you've never seen before like there's <laughs> no emotional weighing on your own person yeah yeah i i definitely appreciated that and along with the backstory of james cromwell whose character's name was like lockwood or something yeah um along with the backstory that he had a daughter who died there's also the this backstory that he and hammond were friends but that apparently they had some kind of a falling out over some kind of disagreement. Yeah. Um, a little Westworld. Yeah. Action there. But it's, it's definitely implied that they were, they were on like the forefront of the genetic engineering together, but that something, something made them split ways. Mm-hmm. And we do learn what that is later. <laughs> we do. <laughs> and the listener we, might even be able to guess what it yeah, is. Yeah. Cause we've already referenced it. <laughs> and, and it's that James Cromwell likes to clone people. <laughs> <laughs> specifically his dead daughter yeah so he has a granddaughter named Maisie, and Maisie's just running around his mansion and then we see at a later point that Maisie, there's this cryptic picture that james cromwell keeps looking at but putting away when people walk in the room what a hilarious plot device yeah. it's just some huge book that like, the purpose of this book is never made clear like whether yeah. it's a journal or an old scientific notebook or like the business plan for his corporation that he Apparently has no idea what is actually doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just got this full size photograph inside. <laughs> Every time anyone walks in the door, he just like slides it into the book. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's this old time looking picture of this granddaughter Maisie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then a woman. And who's who's the woman? In I it? think the woman is his daughter. Oh, his daughter. But like, if you look, like it's it's like, oh my god, are those two this the same person? Like, is she just an older version of her? And it is later confirmed that Maisie is, in fact, a clone of Cromwell's daughter. He just missed his daughter so much, he he cloned a woman. So I thought that, like, the young girl in the picture was his daughter, because the young girl looked, like, exactly like Maisie, right? Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was, oh, like, that right, woman was right. his wife, or uh, maybe even so that, right. like, caretaker woman. And like, Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah oh, wow. Like, years and years ago. Oh, my God, that would just... And then, yeah. I guess he cloned her again like about seven years ago yeah like, probably i mean seemingly a gap of like 40 years mm-hmm. there when john hammond got mad at him for wanting to clone his daughter and then he finally did and he did it unless he did like several rounds of clones like right, maybe he had several moon style <laughs> <laughs> maybe 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 he had many rounds of his daughter that just like didn't turn out yeah like this like person would suffer <laughs> she didn't age like his technology yeah. didn't allow for actual aging wow you're right you're very right about that being an older picture and that one lady probably being the caretaker which just made things way more complex yeah this <laughs> this should not have been so convoluted no <laughs> pretty much everything in this movie was very convoluted mm-hmm. um so basically uh to get back to the plot like they uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is like going with this like private army led by Buffalo Bill from uh, Science of the Lambs. Really? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah, that's that's the the, the mean guy. Yeah, the mean guy with 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 aviators. <laughs> the, the, the moment you see him, you're like, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's the same as that bad guy from Avatar. <laughs> like, he's just a general with aviators. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instantly bad. <laughs> so they're going there to quote rescue the dinosaurs, but it becomes very obvious very clearly. Very quickly. Yeah, about five minutes yeah, after they arrive on the so island. So fast. Things happen way too fast. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they're also, this island's been abandoned for like three years and all the technology still works. You just need the, the guy, the IT guy. He's like, ammo, boom, boom, there we go. Open yeah. the doors. Right. You need the IT guy who's the, that aforementioned nerd and mm-hmm. you need Bryce Dallas Howard's hand. Yeah. <laughs> good. It's all good. <laughs> so essentially this corporation led by, uh, well, the one funded by James Cromwell, I but guess. Really but, led by Mills. Yeah, led by Mills, who, you know, says that he's got allegiance to James Cromwell, but he's doing all this stuff behind his back. So they're trying to get specific dinosaurs from the island that they can then sell to different countries mm-hmm. in order to, uh, you know, give them various weapons depending on the 
dinosaur's abilities. Yeah. So they're they're getting ready to basically have like a like a kind of like an underground black market auction of dinosaurs, which they end up doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I feel like it took a long time in the movie to get from them taking the dinosaurs off the island to the black market sale, but really nothing that happened in between there was important, right? Between um between like when they finally get oh, the dinosaurs off the island. Yeah, what I mean, there's a scene where Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt like have to get blood from a T-Rex. Oh yeah. And the T-Rex like wakes up and then they have to get out so the T-Rex doesn't eat them and then they just get out and have the blood. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's like 4 minutes. Mm-hmm. That I guess is just supposed to be like thrilling. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of like somewhat touching story with Blue, Blue the Raptor. Blue. Stand down. Who we learn is probably the most intelligent non-human on earth. Hey, hey. What did I just say? Yes, and also like has the compassion of Buddha. Hey, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Hey, they made like yeah. Hey, like they, I hadn't realized that that was part of because remember they were trying to again it wasn't a novel idea. Hoskins was trying to do it in the first one, weaponize the raptors, and so they were trying to give them human characteristics like compassion and empathy and like deductive reasoning or something. Yeah, I think actually of all the characters in this movie, they spent the most time trying to humanize Blue. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They didn't really humanize anyone else. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> B.D. Wong. He, <laughs> he is now just fully evil. He's always angry and yelling. Yeah. Yeah, the great Henry Wu. Henry Wu. Such a good guy in First Jurassic uh, Park. He was. <laughs> it's just like a young young guy in a lab coat. Now he wears turtlenecks. <laughs> Do you remember that from the first one, Jurassic World? He was wearing a turtleneck. And this one, he's wearing a turtleneck, too. He is in this one as well. Yeah, that's how you make someone evil. Just put a blazer over a turtleneck. <laughs> so in the first Jurassic World, if you recall, listener, they create a new dinosaur called the Indominus Rex. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a fusion of a T-Rex and a raptor. And um, in this one, they make another new dinosaur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a fusion of an Indominus Rex and a raptor. Yeah. It's called an Indoraptor. Yeah. <laughs> Indoraptor. <laughs> really, uh, really dumb. It is the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like super highly intelligent and they even more oh, athletic. Yeah, and and they really, really want blue because they need blue was able to have these human characteristics and the Indoraptor prototype that Henry Wu created is like super like net you know like naturally intelligent and it can pick up like laser signals it can like hone it has like a home honing device in its brain so like it's almost like a heat-seeking missile hey um but they they need to give it the human qualities so that it can be controlled by humans so that's why they really really need blue yeah because chris chris pratt owen grady proved that raptors can be trained and respond to human commands and by human commands we mean like the english language hey Mm -hmm. and like telling them Basically to stop, stand down, or like yeah. do something. I see you. Back up. <laughs> yeah, and there are a couple moments in this movie where it's it seems seems like Blue understands a good amount of English. He's like, come with me, Blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris Pratt's last line to Blue in the movie is asking her essentially to come live with him. Mm-hmm. Like, come with me. Oh man, there's way too much to explain in this movie. Yeah. Like- but <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing that I would like to talk about. A good half of the movie, I think, only takes place in this in Oliver Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> that was a guy from English history <laughs> who, who apparently slaughtered the Irish. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Cromwell. Yeah, he's <laughs> probably a direct descendant. <laughs> probably <laughs> looks like he has British lineage. Yeah, he plays a British guy even in this movie. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so James Cromwell. Most of the movie takes place in his mansion, which was very weird. Sean and I were talking about this last night. Like Jurassic Park movies always take place in the park, whether it's the park working or the park not working. But it's like on this big tropical island. Most of this movie takes place in a mansion. In the middle of the woods. It's really bizarre to have mm-hmm. a Jurassic Park movie so like closed in. Yeah. Yeah. When they bring the dinosaurs into like human civilization, something seems to not work. Like in the Lost World, mm-hmm. when yeah. all of a sudden they like reach L.A. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, James Cromwell is refined, um, restricted to a wheelchair, and this is his estate. It's a massive estate, and then this Mills guy is like conducting shady deals in like the 
the basement, like the super basement. Like yeah. the floor on the elevator is minus three. Yeah. And we learned super this because, basement. <laughs> because Maisie sneaks down there literally by going onto the elevator and pressing the button. <laughs> so, I mean, Cromwell can get around in a wheelchair. Like you'd think at some point he'd like yeah. go to the minus three button and be like, oh, I wonder what this floor of my own house is. <laughs> What's happening down here? Oh, wow, it's a lab with cages. <laughs> oh, there's a really strange like yeah. dinosaur held <laughs> to this cage. B.D. Wong is in my basement. <laughs> so there's this weird general wearing aviators. Yeah, with his dick tucked in between his legs <laughs> this guy i'd like to suffer <laughs> on this guy for a moment um so he he collects trophies from dinosaurs by you know ripping out their teeth <laughs> totally unnecessary to the movie yeah yeah it's just something he does and you know it's gonna probably lead to his demise which it does and um this guy so this movie at once we get at a broader level seems to it has very clear agendas from one perspective like one of them is like animal rights are good mm-hmm. and we should care from these for these animals which if it's not made clear in like five seconds it's made clear in this scene when they're departing the island and this lone brachiosaurus oh my god is just standing on the shore like moaning <laughs> it's like the flames of like a volcanic explosion are just approaching it yeah and it just gets engulfed in a cloud it's and like, basically oh. just like they really tried to make it very sad. Yeah, it's it's probably 30 seconds. Yeah, it's a very long scene. <laughs> and the characters are just like staring at it in sympathy. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> clearly we're supposed to think on one side of this issue. Um, and then another one is this this asshole general guy. He's He seems to be like a Trump stand-in because he literally like at some point says... He does. Oh, he says, what was that line? He um, nasty. He, he calls woman. a woman a nasty woman. Yeah, and like it literally, it like zooms to him. It's like the only time we get a close up, <laughs> like just his face. Hey, when he says something, and he just goes, "What a nasty woman!" And it like lingers on him for like an extra second. <laughs> and I, I hesitate to even talk about this moment because mm-hmm. I know that whoever came up with that scene was like. Ooh, people are going to talk about this. <laughs> this is relevant. You're right. And so, like, we're kind of playing into that hand, and, like, uh-huh. there's no subtlety about it. No. It's like, oh, this guy is an asshole man who is like Trump. <laughs> yeah. And he even, even that actor kind of has a similar, like, kind of skin tone and, like, kind of body size and, and, like, hair. <laughs> <laughs> right. Slightly larger hands. Uh huh. That's not saying much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just like this this little subplot. Like, oh, this guy, every the idea is he collects one tooth from every dinosaur that he captures or whatever. And um and then at one point when he the we think that the Indoraptor is dead, um, he goes to get its tooth and he like pulls out his weird old wrench or his pliers that he always has on him <laughs> and he's like, This will be great on my necklace. Yeah, he calls it a it'll be a great centerpiece. Centerpiece. <laughs> so the idea is that He's going to make a necklace with all these teeth. Mm-hmm. And then, but of course, the raptor is pretending to be dead because it's really smart. And it bites off his arm like Mr. Arnold. Yeah. But as you said, Sean, it actually ate it. <laughs> right. yeah. Unlike the raptors of Jurassic Park that just rip off Samuel Jackson's arm and eat the rest of his body. Mm-hmm. This one does actually the exact opposite. Yeah. So that's that's an example of a, a weird, like, undeveloped plot that seems to be trying to make like social implications because Jurassic world came around and clearly was trying to like make allegorical statements yeah. about like entertainment people's need to be entertained. And like, I don't know, maybe something else. <laughs> this one seems to be making statements about capitalism in general <laughs> and yeah, just um, this arms dealership. Which yeah. Was also like you pointed the connection to the last Jedi and that's oh, yeah. in the in the um the casino world or the whatever. Casino world, yeah. <laughs> Which had something to do with arms dealing, right? Where like there's no concern over who's going to be negatively affected mm-hmm. by these arms, it's just who's the highest bidder. Yeah. It's just completely on the nose. Did Colin Trevorrow direct that Star Wars? No, Colin Trevorrow was supposed to direct the next Star Wars, but he oh, yeah. uh, got fired. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is it, <clears throat> I wonder if it's because were you the one who told me that like he recently directed like a low budget, like romantic 
comedy or something or like drama some drama yeah trying to be like <laughs> trying to be a like real a good director. director yeah bad yeah. that was a bad move on his yeah. part whoever let him do terrible. that yeah like never let him do that <laughs> like, there's no, no agency <laughs> can't believe spielberg let him do that <laughs> but yeah because i was it i don't know why like even just like some weird camera movements of like that whole casino world, <laughs> I thought you were calling it a casino world. <laughs> that casino planet in The Last Jedi like was all CGI'd. And this Cromwell mansion was also all CGI'd, which was really weird. And, and just at the exact same feel, same tone as that casino planet. But in Jurassic World, you have these like rich like investors like pulling up in these black cars, and it's like yeah. hey, suited men, yeah, suited men. Like they're from there. This guy's an arms dealer. This guy's from this country. Yeah, this guy. And they used the word pharmaceutical at one point. Like pharmaceutical countries or uh, companies are trying to buy these dinosaurs to like do research on them and stuff. And it just had this feeling of like black market rich capitalist billionaires who can like afford things that have that are. And approach them in a totally amoral way or something like that. Yeah, I was like, this is exactly why the 1% is bad. <laughs> yeah. And it's like another example of like trying to make a, a point without wanting to invest the time to go into that in any subtlety. In any subtlety at all. It's like, we want to make this point, so let's just demonstrate it. Like, yeah. The most expository and obvious way possible. Yeah. To make sure the kids get it. Mm -hmm. There's another thing that like early on several characters mentioned like what about our children and then that just like went away yeah <laughs> so uh, there's there's that so between that and like the animal rights whole thing um i don't know it felt like it had a pretty like liberal agenda yeah that, would that be i i think i think that's fair to say yeah definitely um but then that also kind of pissed me off because mm -hmm. it's also like a movie that made over a billion dollars and is clearly only trying to do that. So it's probably like completely yeah. funded and sourced by like those people who would actually be at that mansion. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's just like, you can't just like satiate yeah. these people's like political ideologies of, I don't know, realizing and thinking that there's bad parts of capitalism. It, mm -hmm. it felt like they were just kind of pandering to those mm -hmm. people and be like, hey, this is what you think. Yeah. Like, now go talk about it with your friends and don't do anything. You're right, you're right. <laughs> because we're still in the power. And it's funny, <laughs> Jurassic, all the Jurassic Park movies, they kind of seem to have a history of having benevolent billionaires in them. Like John yeah, Hammond, Hammond and even the Indian guy from, uh, oh, well, I forget that <laughs> actor. Guy. I forget that actor's name. It was his Dev Cal Patel. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was not Dev Patel. I forget his guy. His last name is Khan. I know that. Oh, uh, sure. James Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, it was Scott Khan. Sc <laughs> Scott Khan. Yeah. But like that gave a lot of wrath. <laughs> yeah. Hey! They, uh, again, his death scene is so funny. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, did he die? Like, <laughs> if I have to ask, did he die? It means I didn't care about him as a character. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. that guy was great. He just, he just loved, loved Hammond. John Hammond. Like his only character trait was that he loved John Hammond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah, that's all. That's all. <laughs> They're writing like a, a like a little character bio for that guy. <laughs> the person is loves John Hammond. <laughs> Wants to be new John Hammond. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah they kind of they kind of have this history of billionaires, which I wonder if is also their way of like. Trying to make the audience be like, don't, don't, don't hate billionaires because billionaires can be good because yeah. <laughs> we're Disney. Yeah. That's so amazing you said that because I kept thinking throughout this movie like fucking Disney, but I realized Disney didn't even make this movie. Did they not? <laughs> it's Universal. It's, it's so funny. Spielberg's company. But at this point, they might as well be the same thing. Yeah. Like, Disney owns Lucasfilm, and Lucasfilm was buddies with uh -huh. Spielberg. <laughs> Pixar, they own Pixar, right? <laughs> they own Pixar, they own Marvel. Like, they yeah. just, like, created the whole, like, um, the whole consciousness of, like, what a billion-dollar movie is. Yeah, and the crazy thing about Disney is, like, they're also, they're doing so well. Like, I, I, I probably have these numbers wrong, but, like, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like, Disney make something like 40% of the content out there right now, or like it's, I don't know exactly the specifics, but they make a huge percent of the content, but they make 
a way higher percent of the of the income. Oh yeah. So like they are doing so well. Other companies are like struggling to make like a good cartoon, and Disney's like, really? Here are five. <laughs> Here are five this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they just like knock everything out of the park. <laughs> yeah, like, like almost every movie they put out now makes over a billion dollars. <laughs> That's so amazing. Almost all of them. <laughs> That's ridiculously hilarious for some reason. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so I was thinking, yeah, these themes, these, like, shotgunning themes, obviously we have, like, animal rights. And, like, mm. what do we do with that? We also have, uh, like, big pharmaceutical, big military industrial complex, sort of like these, like, the evil side of capitalism mm. sort of theme. Um, and then we have... The typical Jeff Goldblum theme of like, we should not meddle with nature because it's a very strong force that we as human beings cannot manage, yeah. which has been, that's been his whole thing ever since the first movie. Yeah. Um, 25 it, years. Exactly. And it was nice to have him back. It was, it was just like a reiteration of what he'd always said, but it was kind of funny because his role, basically at the beginning, he was just saying we should let the volcano kill the dinosaurs am i right he was saying that i think so um yeah when jeff goldblum is he's speaking to like the senate yeah or something for no clear reason i guess just because he's been involved um and he speaks in just the most abstract language that i think a person could speak about these issues in um and he's got this kind of gaze of like longing in his eyes. Yeah, I'll have, have a little more coffee. Yeah, a little coffee refill. Yeah, a little coffee refill. Yeah, Sean, I loved it. Like, after he was, he was, everything he said was very, very abstract. And I loved that after he spoke, <laughs> you just turned to me and you said, it's like he was speaking in koans. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's testifying to the Senate. Like, you'd think he'd be actually like, clear with his point. <laughs> His moments just completely ambiguous, and then he's just gone from the movie. Yeah. Right, he's making these very, very abstract claims, and like it is like. So, if you're unfamiliar with a koan, you can probably describe them better than I can, Sean. Uh, I don't know. If, I think you might be able to actually. Like my understanding is, they're like these little phrases in Buddhism that are like supposed to lead you to like thought. Uh, but they're not supposed to have like a definite answer or some something like that. Yeah, something like that. Like, like little... intentionally abstract. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I think the classic one is so you're supposed to like meditate on these koans, and a classic one I've heard is what is the sound of one hand clapping? So you're just supposed to like meditate on that. And as you yeah. can hear from that, it's intentionally abstract. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of like a fortune cookie. They're often intentionally abstract. And he was speaking like that. <laughs> like he wasn't providing like scientific data or anything like that. He was basically just saying like the role of humans and uh, nature. You know, like yeah. we've meddled in this before. Yeah. <laughs> actually, by the end, I didn't have any idea what he was actually saying. Me neither. Like I assumed he was saying pretty much the same stuff that he said in the uh -huh. first one. You know, yeah. and he's like, chaos, chaos theory. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sadler. <laughs> Dr. Sadler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah whoever wrote his lines um, what were they thinking <laughs> i'm kind of torn between like what were you thinking and like i want to shake your hand I know. <laughs> like, how did you make such delightfully abstract statements to give goldblum <laughs> like right. i feel like some like colin trevorrow and some other guy wrote the script but i feel mm -hmm. like jeff goldblum wrote his lines yeah i i agree hey hey hey, hey. it's really yeah <clears throat> Uh, so I guess, yeah, my, I just assumed that that meant he wanted the dinosaurs to die, to die yeah, out. Yeah. So I think you brought that up because you were considering these themes. Uh -huh. It was like the, um, yeah. the animals, the, the military industrial yeah. complex, the like, uh -huh. nature. And then like, yeah, so <laughs> this like nature theme of like, <clears throat> how do, how could humans and dinosaurs coexist? Again, that was a question brought up in the first Jurassic Park. Um, which I just love that <laughs> I'm going to circle all the way to the end now. Uh, we see Goldblum is literally the first scene and the last scene. Um, <laughs> Sean and I, we were trying to wonder, he, Jeff Goldblum was definitely on the set of this movie for one day. <laughs> and we were trying to figure out how much they paid him. We were saying we'd be surprised if it was under $5 million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not bad for a day's work of koans. <laughs> yeah, just to put him in the trailer. I feel like that's why they have exactly. him in this movie, so they could put him in the trailer and get people excited. Yeah, I I certainly agree because I 
when I saw him in the trailer, I was like, I thought to myself, um, I mean, I figured I probably would have seen the movie anyway, but when I saw him in the trailer, it gave me a motivation to see the movie. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't have any motivation to see it aside from talking about it. <laughs> right. Knowing that we do this episode. <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> but so we bring him back at the end and Jeff Goldblum is continuing to talk about nature and humans and our inability to wield nature and our arrogance and all the stuff that he said before. And as he's saying that dinosaurs are now like running free among like the human world that we occupy because at the end of the time on the, at the James Cromwell estate, they let the dinosaurs go <laughs> yeah. and not just they, this part was really funny. Uh, <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard. And actually I thought this was a pretty good scene. All the dinosaurs are like about to die because like some like gas is leaking and they're about to basically die. So like these are the only dinosaurs left on earth. The other ones on the island have died. And she's like about to like open the gate to like let them free. And I really thought she was going to open the gate and then she doesn't. And it's like, oh my God, she like, she wants dinosaurs to have rights, but she's letting them die because she knows that like this can't end well. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, whoa. And I think everyone probably, you probably want the dinosaurs to live. Like you, you like them, whatever they're dinosaurs. <laughs> You know, at some point in the Jurassic World lineage, the dinosaurs went from being villains to heroes. Yeah, you're <laughs> like right. All the dinosaurs, except for the one that, that humans made, you're were right. heroes in this movie. That's a good point. <laughs> God, yeah the the T Rex and the and the Raptors used to be such villains. Yeah, yeah. The Raptors, like maybe the hero of this movie. <laughs> you're right. Seriously. Um, but so I love it. Then it's like, okay, wow, all the dinosaurs are about to die, and then. The little clone girl, <laughs> the little clone girl opens the gate and she even says something somehow that references like they were made in a lab and I was made in a lab yeah. and I care for them. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So the dinosaurs go. And in my mind, I thought like, well, looks like the next scene is going to be like just like a big, like little military, like tranquilizing the dinosaurs and putting them in zoos. And okay, that'll be kind of cool, but it's not that. It's the dinosaurs <laughs> running free through civilization with the clear implication that now humans are going to be slaughtered by dinosaurs <laughs> because they show a raptor like standing on like a cliff in like suburban Phoenix, just like screaming over that. And it's like, wow, like it's now going to go down into the town and start eating whoever is standing in their yard. <laughs> So, so like learn anything from these movies they have insatiable appetites yeah. <laughs> they'll go in like jaunts of eating at least 10 humans from their homes You're right. just back up into the yeah into the hills like we know like yeah like so like we were talking about this like you know you hear about the occasional mountain lion attack and like the outskirts of like la or phoenix or something but like these are now going to be like regular attacks <laughs> multiple times a day <laughs> it's like wow that's where that's where this story is going like jeff goldblum was totally right like they're like we're, we're gonna lose control of this we're going to lose control and in every movie they have lost control but on an island now there are dinosaurs on the mainland united states and there's that big fucking one living in the ocean yeah. you see it eat a surfer at the end right <laughs> so that'll be exciting when they make the next one i really hope the next one is like a post-apocalyptic world where like it's now, it's basically Terminator salvation, but instead of robots and humans, it's dinosaurs and humans. Yeah. And like humans have been like annihilated. There are like whole sections of the country where people can't go and stuff like that. Yeah. Hey! They were a little less overt in this one with like the like super feminism, which. Oh, yeah. Um, th like there's something that really bugs me about. It happens in a lot of mainstream movies these days and specifically like Disney movies and like this kind of movie, which basically is a Disney movie, as mm -hmm. we've concluded, when they bring so much attention to the fact that this woman protagonist is yeah. defying standard like feminine film roles. Yeah, I think we've talked about it before. We're like, you know, there will be a scene where like a woman kicks ass and like people will look at each other like, whoa. Oh my God. Like, oh man, like I'm not going to mess with her. And she'll have some like one liner like, what are you staring at? Let's go. <laughs> like, like it's, it's not that I have anything against like female empowerment. And if that's actually doing a good societal service and mm -hmm. like making young girls think like, oh yeah, I can do anything. Then cool. Like go for it. Fuck yeah. me. But like, 
So can't you can't you just like do that and not draw so much att- so much attention to the fact that you're doing that because yeah. then people inevitably inevitably have that conversation afterwards where they're just like oh yeah they just they did such great things for like women it's like they're literally creating this conversation that you're having right now yeah. like you're not actually thinking on your own yeah whereas this one like you know in the first Jurassic World with like Bryce Dallas Howard running around like covered in dirt and sweat in her high heels mm-hmm. and stuff. It was just kind of it was it was too obvious in so many scenes. But this one, mm-hmm. they didn't really like apologize for it anymore. She just kind of was doing these things. Yeah, and I actually like liked her character a lot better. Yeah, in me this too. Iteration like she was just I mean it was kind of like Dern in the first one. Yeah, like, exactly. She just kind of like do badass things, and you didn't have to like linger on it. It's just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what this woman does. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, she made it all the way to the like that K that place where Samuel Jackson died. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it would be like the British guy in that scene, like, after she, like, runs and leaves over the log, being like, wow, like, athletic girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so right. The fact that the original Jurassic Park got that so much better, I think, than, like, Jurassic World did, like, over 20 yeah. years later. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, do, you, do you have any thoughts, though, on that? I, f- I feel like we mentioned it, but didn't get into it, like, the... That seeming irony where there's a movie that which you know also the last jedi did that seems overt in its critique of capitalism and the one percent and yet is very much a mechanism of like the one percent yeah um like I i don't know if there's anything to draw from that or if i'm just like reaching too far but that just kept coming to my to my mind with this movie it's like you're trying to be like have this social agenda in this movie, but I don't know. Maybe that they're not mutually exclusive because like black Panther had a good social agenda, I think. And like, it was also funded by Disney. Yeah. And Marvel. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. Maybe it's like, maybe it seems so obvious because in both the last Jedi and in this one, there is a subgroup of people who are making a lot of money off, off a total disregard for morality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, the morality is money. Yeah, exactly. Like, so maybe in that way, it seems like so obvious mm-hmm. or it, like, it, it seems like it, it then like has like juxtaposing values. It's like, Oh, we're supposed to hate these people because they're providing arms <laughs> to the, re- to the wrong people or whatever to Kylo Ren. I don't know. I forget. <laughs> to Kylo Ren. <laughs> so when you were saying that providing arms, I was, I thought you were talking about Jurassic world. <laughs> <laughs> providing the best dinosaurs for Kylo Ren. Yeah. <laughs> this does this there was such a like Star Wars parallel with this. Like yeah. it's like they're putting out just different forms of the same movie yeah. over and over, which isn't a novel claim. You know, people for years have been like, oh, Hollywood just recycles ideas, but like this just seems more than recycling ideas. It seems like it's just the same movie. Yeah. Actually, with like different stand-ins for like I feel like there's some like spreadsheet or formula where you just kind of plug a different character in a different setting mm-hmm. and it's just like oh here's your billion dollar movie yeah like <laughs> i mean i really wonder yeah. if they're like if they're using they have to be using all this information to form an algorithm that like an algorithm that tells you how long a movie should be at what point something should happen yeah like they they have the ability to create an algorithm for movies <laughs> You know, they definitely can do that now. Yeah, we live in an age of data. So, exactly. Like, why would that not be the case? Yeah. Yeah. You can take literally everything people have said about the movie and it'd be really easy. Yeah. That's just an inherent irony, I think, with Hollywood that I think is really fascinating where I think, you know, obviously, like, movies are seen by so many people. Like, they're this, they're like the most collective thing there is other than, like, fucking politics mm-hmm. like the news and breaking bad like <laughs> game of thrones with myself excluded yeah um we're like all these people could converge on these like conversations but i don't know if they can also just be so numbing at the same time it's like are these people really trying to create a conversation through this movie or are they just like letting people kiss their own asses mm-hmm. by feeding them what they already think so then they won't actually care about the actual issues. Yeah, that's a good question. 
Yeah. I think this movie had was trying to make points about global warming, but I don't or climate change, but I don't really know what those were. Oh, was it? I'm trying to remember. I don't know the volcano going off and like extinction. I, I don't. Yeah, something to do with Jeff Goldblum's speech at the end and like or like the exploitation of oh, the natural world or something. Like, you're right. It was like showing scenes that seem to be Utah specifically, mm-hmm. and like Trump has like basically like taken a lot of utah's like public land and like basically just taking it taking it over to allow for like (laughs) drilling and shit oh okay yeah like national monuments that he's just like overturned (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's a good point i i I do i agree there so i don't really remember like specifically any point like the words climate change or global warming but the, the end you're right that goblin speech was all about like our thirst for progress is going to lead to our demise as a species i feel like that was part of like the theme of what he was trying to say yeah like the natural world has its like agenda and like its own um i don't desire even and like this massive wave that all these people are surfing and like it literally comes in conjunction with like a beast eating them you're right like nature will destroy us again or something (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, good movie, bad movie. Either. Yeah. Tend to be bound by those categories. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I feel like um I wasn't uh, nothing truly excited me in the movie, but mm-hmm. I also was not bored. I, I I was not very bored in this movie. Yeah. Basically the only parts that like bore me are the parts that like most thrilling in the original one where like dinosaurs yeah. are chasing people. Same. Those were a little boring because <clears throat> it's like, just get to it. Yeah. Just get to the end of this chase scene. Right. There's no reason to prolong what I know is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So amazing that like these dinosaurs are heroic now. And like, you know, in the first one, if they like kill the dinosaur, well, actually they didn't really kill dinosaurs, but they they got away from dinosaurs. It was mm-hmm. great. But like, you want these dinosaurs to kill most of the humans in this movie. And that's like the enacting of justice. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one more thing we have to talk about and it's that opening scene. Yeah. Seems like it's a good idea to end on the opening scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was so, I was hoping for a good opening scene. I don't know if we hadn't talked about that, but I was really hoping for a good opening scene. Yeah. Because if you think about Jurassic Park listener and all four of them that came before this one, there's always an opening scene, like yeah. something that seems to just be like <laughs> anecdotal and set the stage, like the the original one with the shooter moment. <laughs> shooter. It took me like half a second to realize what you were trying to say. I thought I thought the other word shoe, S H O E, in my head. Shooter. 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 The close oh, up of the British man's shirt. lips. Yeah. S H O E T A H. Shooter. Just that guy's lips. <laughs> Which will always be the best opening scene. Yeah. The fact that his body flies so high up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Yeah, 10 feet in the air, even though raptors are about, I don't know, like five foot nine. (laughs) (laughs) Then the second one, I think, had something to do with those tiny little dinosaurs. Yeah, and like like Spanish family on vacation. Yeah. They like bite the girl, but she lives. Third one had something that you probably remember since you saw it three times in... Was it in one day? I saw it two times in the, uh, sorry, three times in the theater, two times in one day. (laughs) I cannot believe I did that. Uh, But amazingly, I don't remember the, oh, the beginning of that movie, I'm pretty sure. I was a kid paragliding with his like. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Not dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. And. (laughs) That's so stupid. Yeah. And Jurassic World was very much a letdown. It was just like dramatic music and like a zooming in on an egg and then it just hatched with this baby raptor Sauron eye. Oh, yeah. That was stupid. Yeah. But this one finally went back to form and had like a full-fledged scene yeah. on Isla Nublar mm-hmm. where we don't know exactly what's going on, but it turns out like these, there's like these contractors for, um, for this company 
that's trying to like get the DNA of the Indominus Rex skeleton since the Indominus Rex is dead. And like the island's like flooded or something. They don't really say how or why. Yeah, I don't know. But they're like in that. They're like going into that big thing where that weird big dino uh, water dinosaur lived. Yeah. Because remember it dragged the Indominus Rex down. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's so they, right. they search for it and they find it immediately. <laughs> yeah. They're like, there's the Indominus Rex. <laughs> and they saw off a piece of its rib or something like that uh-huh. so that they can have its DNA for to B- make the BD Wong. For BD Wong to make the <laughs> Indoraptor. Yeah. Which was this supposed to be years before the events of the story? Because there is an Indoraptor like in the story and seemingly good, it would take question. several years to create this yeah. prototype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And anyways, um, there's like a guy and is he wearing a yellow raincoat? He's wearing a yellow raincoat. A la like Newman. Newman. Yeah. yeah. Dennis, Dennis Nedry. That's so good. And it's pouring rain, which this is another thing Jurassic World was missing was a pouring rain scene. Yeah, you're right. It's pouring rain. And this guy on the island is, um, I don't really know what he's doing. He's like, he's like a computer nerd opening doors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he's waiting for these like submarine guys to resurface so they can escape. But those guys get eaten by the giant whale thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, essentially this guy in the in the yellow coat ends up running away from a T-Rex screaming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like one of those tense moments where he's like climbing a ladder and the T-Rex like on is the like, helicopter. Yeah. The helicopter <laughs> the took helicopter's off. taken off. The T-Rex is like eating the ladder and like, you know, gets his pant leg, but not his leg. Yeah. <laughs> and this man seems to have finally gotten away and he's like <laughs> breathing a... A breath of fresh air hanging on this dangling ladder. Mm-hmm. And then like the big whale thing jumps out of the water and just perfectly eats him. <laughs> it was it was very funny. Because like the moment you saw that guy, you were like, he's dead. <laughs> he must die. <laughs> that One of my favorite things about Jurassic Park is in the original, it's not as easy. But in the subsequent movies, it's a little easier to see a character for the first time and know that he's going to die. Right. And this was one where it's like opening scene. You're out in the rain. You're outside on an island where dinosaurs roam free. You're going to die. Right. Um, <laughs> and just the fact that he's like getting away and he's like happy. And that thing just <laughs> jumps out and eats him without taking out the helicopter. I just thought was so funny. Right. <laughs> So yeah, just him. It was a very precise aim. Exactly. He's a solid 80 feet in the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was good to set the stage for many hilarious moments. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for um, coming back, listener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hope... Um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed. Yeah. yeah good luck with... Um, living to these days yeah 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 (laughs) don't be eaten by the natural world yeah yeah beware of whatever jeff goldblum's talking about (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's coming (laughs) well thank you as always for joining us and we'll see you next time all right see you then see ya Just say. Yeah. Yeah.